Hi, everyone. Welcome, and thanks for joining us for Stars of Franchising. Get ready for a roller coaster ride through the world of franchising as we bring you the best stories of inspiration and entrepreneurial grit and turning dreams into franchise realities. That's right, Vinny. From emerging to global brands, we'll chat with the genius minds behind the magic. All brought to you by the Tariq Fareed Franchise Institute at Babson College. I'm Ab. And I'm Vinny. Now, buckle up for some serious inspiration. And we are so excited to have Kristen Kidd here as our guest. Um, welcome, Kristen. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> we uh, are so grateful here at Babson and the Tariq Farid Franchise Institute to have this platform to really learn from folks like you and share your experiences. And what we love to do is start off with what's your why and what caused you to do what you do and maybe a little background on, on your journey. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. I'm a talker, too. So interrupt me at any point in time. And you're like, wait, wait, wait. That, that makes is, three uh, of us. Uh, listen, <laughs> I mean, I think my why is an interesting, I don't know, it's interesting to me, right? Because it's who I am. But I come from a musical family and I've always been into music and creativity and the arts. And growing up, that's all I wanted to do. I didn't know what I wanted my degree to be in. I didn't really know anything other than I want to be a musician and make music. And so... I've always been in bands, I've always played, I've always been very creative, and I never really found something that I was super passionate about for my job, because of course, no musician or creative wants to have a job. Right. And so I kind of fell into, you know, just the corporate world and that kind of stuff, and I just didn't, I don't know, it wasn't for me, right? And so then I found School of Rock, and School of Rock is a, it's a franchise concept. At this point, there's over 300 worldwide. But when my husband and I, we were then just dating, we found it. We were like, this is what we want to do. We get to teach kids and play music and have fun. And so I kind of lucked into finding a franchisee who was just opening their second one of all time. And I said, you're going to hire us. And so we started with them and we just grew to love it. And we ended up going through, you know, for the next 10 years with these guys, managing locations and then growing into an opener and then growing into a district kind of manager and then moving out to California and opening an entire region and then hmm. coming back. And by this point, we were operating 27 locations across the entire wow. United States, building best practices, learning how to you know run a multi-million dollar business with hundreds of employees. Mm -hmm. And I just realized how much I loved operating, how much I loved like encouraging management and and especially young people in management of something that they really love. And from then we were like, you know what, we wanna do this for ourselves. We want to own our own future and our own business. And we don't come from money, we're musicians. And how do you do that? How do you get a loan? How do you get investors? So it was kind of this like, learn like DIY, you know, yeah. do it yourself. And so we partnered with our family, love them to death. And now we're partners on two locations. We've learned a whole heck of a lot. But at that transition point, it was like, okay, well, you can't put your whole salary and everything into your business because right. you want it to grow. And so I had to go get a job and I found the Lash Lounge. I kind of lucked into it. It was the beauty industry, which, you know, I'm a tomboy at heart. So when I had to go <laughs> jump into the beauty industry, I was like, I don't know. I loved it. And what 
changed for me from being on the franchisee side to now the franchisor side, the whole world opened up. I really learned a whole bunch more about relationships and all of that. And I work with the most amazing people. I went from a very male, male dominated industry in music and creative and the arts to very female dominated. And I have just loved my time working on the franchisor side with all of these in, intelligent, incredible, powerful women who are teaching me so much every day. And flash forward to five years, almost actually yesterday was my five year anniversary. Congratulations. Wow. Happy anniversary. Wow. And kind of found, <laughs> thank you. Kind of found myself working up into that business as well. And now I'm so honored to say I'm the vice president of the beauty division for our company. So it's not hmm. only the Lash Lounge, it's also SCOA, which is a facial shop yeah. um, franchise concept yeah. and some other things. So it's just really cool. And when I think about the why, like myself, like I'm just a girl, I'm just a musician. I just, I'm not anyone special, but I found myself in these positions, being able to help people grow into the positions they want to grow into and do whatever they want to do, learn how to get loans, learn how to open franchises, learn how to be your own boss by being a good person and having good practices and running a good business. Uh, Christine, so, this is great. Uh, I wonder, like, since yeah. you're someone who has been on both sides of yeah. the coin, you've seen both sides yeah. uh, of the equation, uh, can you uh, tell us what are the top, top things that the best franchisees do well? And then flip it yeah. and tell us what are the top things that the best franchisors do well? Oh, Vinny, I like this. That's a great question. Because I could tell you, I mean, sometimes I'm like, oh, I got to think about it. I'll tell you right now. Okay. The best things I think that franchisees do well is they follow the process. Yeah. I cannot tell you how important that is. When you, if you go into franchising, you do it because there's a process and there's a brand and there's power in that. <laughs> if you're always trying to reinvent the wheel, you're just, you're just pushing against something that already exists. So just Trust your franchisor, follow the process, learn the, the sales and the techniques and all of that. And I think the best thing a franchisor can do is work really hard to have good people and a good culture. Yeah. People are not going to follow you if they do not trust you and they do not believe in you. Hmm. And you can't come in with this like iron fist and just say, no, it's our way or the highway. Who's going to want to follow that process? Hmm. You really have to work hard to make culture your number one thing. And it's such a buzzword that I think is losing a lot of, mm -hmm. um, a lot of its meaning these days, but it is extremely important. <laughs> I, there's so many ways, places I could go based on what you started with, which I love and a few things. What great story on how you did your own quote unquote due diligence by working as a franchisee for that brand before ownership, yeah. which is something, you know, we, we try to teach and we get a lot of questions on what does it take and what does it mean? So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, um, you know, any advice you have for potential franchisees, you know, that are entering that process. Clearly you both you know, followed a passion for something you, you, you know, you in yeah. music and it worked out, but yeah. Could you share a little bit about folks that are contemplating taking the path you guys took? Yeah, I love that. And thank you for asking that because I think it's, to me, it's, it was really important. We didn't, I think a lot of people find franchising because they think, Oh, you know, I've worked for someone for 20, 30 years and I want to be my own boss. And so I'm going to go find a broker who's going to show me four different, totally <laughs> random concepts. Yes. They're going to say, here, you could have a Smoothie King or a Great Clips or a Lash Lounge. What do you want? 
And I think that's really hard because people can get stars in their eyes when they start to think about, you know, how much money I could make or how easy this would be or that kind of stuff. I, I love it when people come through a system and decide this is what they want to do because they know the business, yeah. they know the industry, hmm. they know the clientele, and they just understand it so much more. And that those like, that's why, you know, Abhi and I've talked a lot of, about wanting to pave the way for people right. to become their own owners. I think that is so important. And so I think it's like, it, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I want to be my own boss and I got to figure out what I want to do. But I think the due diligence part is huge. Just understanding the industry you're getting in there. It's not as simple as I'm going to learn how to go make smoothies and now right. I can be a smoothie king or whatever it is, right? You really have to understand the business and the clientele. So I, I do think that's an extremely important part of it from my own personal experience. And that's great. I mean, I will say because you, you do, you're right. You get the situation where you have brokers and some can be very, very valuable for that early part that yeah. you take a test. Here's your personality <laughs> and here are four yeah. random brands. You're exactly right. I had a call last week with somebody who was looking at a franchise in the, you know, the psych therapy, you know, psychologic, you know, psych psychology and therapy. And, and there was a disconnect because he hadn't really thought about what you're talking <laughs> about. And it caused him, you know, to step back and kind of to say all right yeah. what do i really need to know and hadn't talked to franchisees and followed you know so he was caught up in the deal hmm. but but that happens yeah. so that's that's great advice thank you so christine uh let me uh let's uh take the next uh uh question here uh i would want you to if you don't mind share with us uh what has been your uh biggest aha moment from a hmm. failure Oh man! And then, <laughs> and then, what did you what did you take from it, and how has this shaped what you do uh, since then? Yeah, Benny, you're full of the good questions, aren't you? No, listen, I I love that question because you should never be afraid of failure. You should learn from it, and if you go into life just thinking that failure doesn't happen, you're, you know, you're in for a big, you're in for a big yeah, surprise. Right. I can tell you small failure and big failure. So small failure, I just always thought, you know, even when I was just a manager of one location, hmm. I'm great at hiring because I'm great at my job. Mm -hmm. And so I'll find someone, I'll hire them in and they'll be great. I went through so many uh, front desk associates <laughs> that were just not the right fit. <laughs> they they were not the right fit for several things. And I had to learn the hard way. You're terrible at interviewing people because I would ask, <laughs> I would be like, are you a self-starter? And they'd be like, yes. And then you're like, okay, well, no, I don't know anything about this person. So I had to learn over time how to interview. And it is something I'm still cognizant of today. Like <laughs> I will never hire someone just myself. I'll always have two or three other people, <laughs> you know, gut checking and really finding the right person. Cause like I said, culture is so <laughs> important. And I think on a bigger picture, a big failure was when I worked for the franchisee on the, the School of Rock side, right. I never really understood the relationship with the franchisor as an employee. Mm -hmm. Now, as an employee, that wasn't necessarily something I needed to understand because that was my owner's job, but it was something I really wanted. And there were so many things that we could have and should have done better hmm. that when I got in the franchisor side of things, I understood how important it was to be clear with your staff and to train owners to be clear with their staff that relationship <laughs> what it means how it how it exists why it exists so that it's a symbiotic relationship and you're not 
no one's in the dark. Wow. You know, I think knowledge, knowledge is power. Wow. Wow. Interesting. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so much about what you've said is is really enlightening around, you know, this link between entrepreneurship and franchising. Vinny and I are sometimes confronted with, you know, why franchising and entrepreneurship? Is it really entrepreneurship? You're given the playbook and you'd, you've shed some light that, you know, you're running a business and creating and leading people. Uh, I think I know the answer, but, you know, is, is franchising entrepreneurship as a franchisee and a franchisor? What's your take? A hundred percent. When you are a franchisee, if you're a franchisee of one location, or 25, you own that business. Yeah. It is your business and you are a hundred percent that owner. So it is absolutely entrepreneurship. You got to know a little bit about marketing and operations right. and balancing budget and payroll and all of it. You are a business owner. I think the thing that people get caught up on is kind of what you said, but you have to realize the only thing that's different between owning Kristen's hair cutting shop versus, you know, a great clips is you get a partnership in it. A franchisor is ultimately your partner. They're not, you don't run it for you. You're wow. responsible for all of it. <laughs> wow. Kristen, you know, during the pandemic, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm making an assumption here that you went into the, uh, the beauty industry again uh, before the pandemic, right? Yes, sir. And yeah. then the pandemic hit, boom. And then uh, when it comes to beauty, you know, I have to be close enough to you to help you, you know, to the, yeah. the eyelash and everything. So was there any innovation in that period that you had to rely on? And, and what was it? What was the biggest innovation during the pandemic uh, that yeah. if you are talking with us today, we're assuming that that you are still there, you know, you're still in that. Yes. Yeah, that is still, is still thriving. So what, what was the magic for you? Well, I think um, the pandemic was the craziest thing we've all alive lived through today. Mm -hmm. And we've mm -hmm. learned a lot from it. And we, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, And so we can kind of look back and see what we did that we're proud of and what were some misses that mm -hmm. hopefully we never go through it again, but mm -hmm. it, we can learn from it. And I think... Um, the biggest game changer in the beauty industry and specifically to eyelash extensions, because you are right, you are sitting over someone's face Voila. for about an hour. Okay. <laughs> so I think it was the understanding that masks are just commonplace. And especially in America, we were so shocked to see people in masks, right. whereas in other parts of the world, it's a bit more common if you don't feel well. It's not shocking or scary. Now, I think one of the benefits that's come out of it is when you see maybe your beauty professional, whether they're putting a facial on or they're putting on lashes and they're wearing a mask, it almost is a comfort yeah. to you. Yeah. As the customer, you feel comforted that they are, you know, doing what they can to protect you. They're not breathing all over you. Right. I think that was a massive change. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. And, and if, if, if you don't mind, if I want to follow up quickly on that, because uh, uh, when you... When you are, I mean, helping someone and be giving the service and the person maybe even have mask on, not just the person mm -hmm. giving the, the service, but the person receiving the service also, you are in a position mm -hmm. where you cannot fully appreciate your art because the mask, you don't know what the person will look if they remove the mask. Will it still look good? I mean, this eyelash that you have you just put on will. them, or when they yeah, you absolutely will. So how how did how did you how did they navigate that 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 space? You know that that 
approximation to say, okay, even when they remove the marks, it's still going to look better. <laughs> okay. So. Well, I can only speak for eyelashes specifically, but it doesn't matter yeah. if you have this or this. Okay. You know, it's, okay. It's, it's, the service works the exact same. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you it's the exact same. But we, it was kind of cool working with all of our franchisees during yeah. such a crazy, weird, scary time and sourcing information yeah. from the, the stylists and the managers and the owners and like what makes the most sense. And I, I we all came through it stronger than ever before. So you actually learned from the franchisees as well. So because you said something about were you pulling ideas, were you having regular meetings or how did it how did this happen? Or was it just organic or you had to like yeah. We became I I think we became closer as an entire unit. I mean all of us, home office and franchisees Mm -hmm. during and after the pandemic because we were home office was meeting every single day. Mm -hmm. And we were putting out daily digest to our entire system of what to do, how to shut down, how to reopen. I will tell you a hundred percent of our salons got PPP loans wow. in order to get through this process. And I will tell you that we came out of the pandemic the same amount of revenue as the year prior, wow. which was nuts. And then more than doubled the following year, same store sales. Wow. And I really fully believe it was because of the attention that franchisees gave to home office and home office gave to franchisees and we wow. became a unit. We weren't just on their own. A mom and mom and pop shop doesn't have that. Yeah. So we worked together um, and we made it a huge priority to really focus on culture, focus on like communication and relationships. And because of that, the strength of the services and the system just continued to grow. Wow. Yeah, that yeah. that's incredible. Cool. And, and you know, <laughs> stole my question and you answered it which is you know is the franchise system better equipped to 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 partner right it's the ultimate network economy but also push out that innovation to the system and it sounds like you know versus an independent or you know Uh multi-chain that the franchising structure really allowed you guys to not only be partners but turn around innovation and and respond quicker is that true Yes, sir. I do believe that, honestly, because you're absolutely right. You're not alone. You're not having to figure everything out. You've got departments and people that can figure it out in your home office, but also from the franchise system. If someone comes up with a great idea, we're not going to be we're not going to shut them down. It's like, no, tell us more about it. Let's figure this out. So it's really nice. It's crowdsourcing at its best, you know? Well, well, one of the things that (laughs) go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just said the better one is, the better we all are, right? That's well, the, that's the totally. I mean, that says it all, which is the best franchisors and the most impressive people like you and your brand are are ones that really understand what it likes to be a fran- what it's like to be a franchisee, and also recognize yeah. that partnership and that it's to use someone else's words. It's it's the franchisor's job to focus on the unit economics and the profitability of their Z's, right? Yeah, absolutely. And how much of being a franchisee taught you that? Of being a franchisee? Um, I don't really know. I mean, we focused a lot on our own P&Ls and our own um, pro forma building or just, you know, projection building. But then becoming a franchisor. I mean, that's one of my big things that I look at and deal with all day, every day is looking at people's P&Ls and comparisons and where their percentages are and really being able to provide guidance along those Mm -hmm. lines. I will tell you, it's made me a better franchisee. Like my communication with corporate is different 
because I, I understand I want to I want to approach everything with yeah. sympathy and with empathy as opposed to being like, tell me this right now or give me this. Right. Right now. I want to be like, right. I get it. We're all right. here to do this together. Hmm. Support versus oversight. Love it. Yes, exactly. Well, well, well Christine, uh, let me take you back uh, a bit uh, to maybe share with us what you think most people misunderstood the most about franchising. Man, that's that's interesting. I mean, I think I'll kind of hit the nail on the head mm -hmm. when it's people don't know if you're you're an entrepreneur or not. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's even still a lot of misunderstanding even in Washington about what franchisors are yeah. and huh. what franchising right because. Yeah. Like I am not the employer of any of these salons employees. Hmm. Like that that's that would be joint employer. We're not we don't employ them. We are your partner as an owner. Mm -hmm. And that's important. Hmm. But it's an independently owned and operated mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. Your revenues are your revenues. Your your deficits are your deficits and you have to run your business well. We will give you all the tools and the advice and the guidance but it's your business. So being an entrepreneur is the like literal definition is owning a owning a business, right? right. Like opening and starting and owning a business. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely franchising. I think people don't, I, I don't know why people don't know that. Yeah. I just don't. And, and it's a bit interesting when you mentioned that, uh, that even people in, Wa in I'm sorry, in Washington don't understand. And you could see that play out when the, uh, the Uber and the Lyft were having yeah. issues, you know, okay, okay. these people are independent, right. okay. They use a platform, they use everything, but they're still independent, you know, so uh, yeah, that's interesting. And and I've, you know, we've talked to franchisees who've said the same thing, Kristen, which is, wow, I wish Washington and the politicians recognize that we're in our community creating jobs and, and working hard yes. to pay our people the best we can mm -hmm. and support our community. Yeah. And, um, you know, franchising, we've learned, is, is really the epitome of of social impact and community. And one of the things Vinny and I are interested in is that yeah. is this concept of, you know, franchising role in, in DEI and, and diversity, equity, inclusion, and pathways, like you mentioned. Love your thoughts on that. And, and you know, because we think there's, you know, a lot of great examples being set, uh, but also op more room for improvement. What do you think, Kristen? Yeah, I love that. And I think that goes back to, you know, you and I talked a couple of weeks ago about um, our, our both shared passion of helping people maybe come up in a franchise system and become their own owners. Right. And oftentimes I'll just use my, my, you know, personal examples for this, you know, at school of rock, again, it's a lot of musicians, mm -hmm. a lot of people who just love music. And then they find that they're also passionate about teaching, which is such a beautiful thing. Yeah. But when it comes to being like, well, maybe I'd want to own my own. You don't have a lot of money in the bank. You don't have, you don't have, tens of thousands even of dollars sit in the bank, or you don't know where to get a loan. You don't know how to get a loan, but the reality is all that stuff exists. And so I I want to see a world where at School of Rock or at Lash Lounge mm -hmm. or at any franchise system, the people that are opening these businesses are the people working in them yes. and that are passionate about doing it. And I can say for myself, it's just it was just a, a girl that wanted to do it that had the money and I figured it out. I'm nothing special. I want everyone to know that, that anyone can do it. And you can be, it doesn't matter, you know, your, your, any of your modifiers, right? Yeah. Your, your, your gender, or any of that, none of that matters. What matters is you're a good person and you're passionate about the business itself. It's like, I want people to know how to get the resources and how to do it. I think that might've been a 
circuitous no. route to answer you, but Amen. <laughs> Amen. A lot of it's education and, and hopefully this is one yeah. thing one way also, which is showcasing people like you and 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 that pathway and that passion to help others. Um because I think sometimes people when they see the owner or they see you at a certain level they don't understand that mm -hmm. pathway um and our hope here yeah. at the institute and with your help is to help educate folks about those those different yeah. means and resources love it absolutely uh, christine let's uh, it's, it's, i mean take off trains is, is there any train out there today with a social uh technology or regulations or even like customs that you think might shape the future of franchising? I mean, starting with your own industry, for instance. Any, are you saying trends. any training? Any trends. Trends. Oh, any trends. Yeah. Any. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, not that I can think of off the top of my head that would, that any trends in our industry that would shape the future of franchising. Like for instance, I mean, let me, let's, let's take technology, for instance. Uh, uh, you have this whole thing of chat GPT, okay, oh, machine yeah. learning, artificial intelligence. Yeah. So would that, would that mean anything to your industry, either from the one of the School of Rock or the, the, this one that's the beauty industry? Yeah. And that's so a, okay, see, I see where you're going with that now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, in the service-based business, in service-based businesses, which is where I feel like my expertise lies, mm -hmm. service industry, one-on-one, -on -one, yep. Ed education or physical service, right? Mm -hmm. I don't see how any of that would affect it at all. And I know mm -hmm. people are either very scared or very excited for mm -hmm. the future of AI technology, mm -hmm. but services will never go away. Yeah. Going to eat food in a restaurant or an establishment will never go away. Hmm. There could be there could be robots that help you with that, but it's not the actual physical experience won't go away. Yeah. Lashing, for example, it's never going to be put on by robots. Yeah. I know that they are got some robots out there that can try it. I can tell you it ain't happening. You know, teaching guitar, I'm not going to learn guitar from a robot. That would be the most cold, boring yeah. experience. Yeah. So I think the good news is like, you know, there's there are other industries that can worry about that right now, yeah. but for yeah. our industry, oh, yeah. um, it's it's going to continue to always grow and flourish because it's either a service people want to have done to them or something they want to learn that will always be out there. And, and then, so if if I may, because yeah, that, that's that's great, uh, Christine. Now yeah. you you have the privilege, and I'm sure maybe there's an advantage of uh, going into this franchising world uh, with your husband, I mean your spouse, you no know, so. Yeah. Uh, uh, tell us what was it dynamics like, okay? Uh, because it, it takes a lot, you know, <laughs> to be able. Uh, and then, yeah. any advice uh, you, you might give our audience uh, in that regard? Well, I appreciate this because I'm giggling because it's fun. I mean, we are, he's my best friend, he's my partner of 15 years. We've played music together. He um, He's an incredible person, like maybe, maybe one of the greatest people on planet Earth. And he just loves teaching, educating. He wow. loves his mission. He doesn't care if he makes a dollar as long as his people make money, wow. as long as his teachers have, you know, get raises as they're supposed to. And as long as kids are learning. Hmm. And so when we first started, you know, he was just a teacher and I was just a manager hmm. and we grew into this and where I became the ops person over the whole company, he became the uh, staff leader. He taught and trained all of the staff and he, 
loves him. He's the back of house, I'm front of house. So it's like a really great relationship. And man, can we get in some knockdown drag outs about things and about how things should run and all of it because we're both passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, because I am, you know, full time at the beauty division at Franworth, he runs our two schools. Yeah. Okay. So we have a great dynamic there where he can go in, he can teach the kids and he'll work with the teachers right. and all that good stuff while I'm doing this. Cause there's no way I could, you know, I can't have two yeah. full-time right. jobs uh-huh. at once. Right. Huh? Um, but yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this. <laughs> and, what, and what a great example for, you know, something that we see and teach here at Babson and, uh, around entrepreneurship and success is that importance and the value yeah. of the team, whether it's your own team or the team partner with, with the franchisor, you're exactly right. And that, that's so great to see and inspiring. Um, we could go on for hours, Vinny, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But we've yeah. been um, so impressed with what you've done, but more importantly, how you, you're doing it and your willingness to share. And we'd love to, to have you here at Babson and, and shine the light on what you're doing with some of our students. But if there's anything we could ever do to help you as well, Kristen, it's been amazing. And, and kudos to you. Oh, thank you. Thanks. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you inviting me on. And I mean, let's just put it in stone. I will be there whenever, whenever I can. I'll be there. I love you know, I love chit-chatting. <laughs> 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 Christine, this, is, this has been great. This has been beautiful. Uh, it's so nice to yeah. finally meet you when Ab spoke to me about you and shared some uh, yeah. uh, d- documentation about you. I said, oh, la, la, no, we, we, I can't wait for us to meet you. <laughs> and I'm glad finally we uh, met you. Uh, we have this conversation and you give us some great insights. Uh, we're just waiting for Absolutely. you to finally, you and your husband, move to Boston, where it's warmer than, uh, you know. <laughs> he has told me that it's his favorite city in the United States. Oh, really? To this day, to this day we still have not gone there together. Oh, and wow. so when I told this, go. I was like, I think I'm going to, I might head up to Boston, you know, maybe in the in the fall or something like that. And I, I don't know, I think it'd be so much fun. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, anytime. Yeah. Thank you. Wishing you all the best. We'll be in touch for sure. And we appreciate you making time for us. Grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks guys. Have Bye. a wonderful day. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Stars of Franchising. Stars of Franchising was produced at Babson College, engineered by Travis Gray. Karen Soa is our guest coordinator and music by Ralph Taylor. If you like Stars of Franchising, be sure to review us wherever you get your podcasts and spread the word and share these stories any way you can.